Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, where we bring you boots on the ground perspectives from construction business owners and industry experts about their successes, challenges, and whatever else is on their minds. Consider them your own personal mentors on technology implementation, equipment solutions, business management, and more, enabling you to apply their expertise to your business. Held every three years in Las Vegas, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. For even more ways to connect with the industry, visit conexpoconag.com forward slash connect. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Thanks for joining us for another episode of ConExpo ConAg Radio. I'm your host, Missy Sherber. A few months ago, we asked who you, the listeners, wanted to hear on the show, and the overwhelming response was American Pavement Specialist. American Pavement Specialist is a full-service paving company located in Danbury, Connecticut, and has been family-owned and operated for more than 25 years. Joining us today is one of the family members, Matt Stanley, a second-generation employee who does everything from field operations to an outstanding job of marketing on Instagram. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Missy. This is an awesome opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're very excited to talk to you. A lot of Instagram and social media followers have really been excited to hear from you regarding your family business, American Pavement Specialist. But for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family's history in the paving business. Yeah, so um, I mean, asphalt really runs in our blood. Uh, my entire family does blacktop. Uh, me personally, um, like you said, my name is Matt Stanley. I'm 27 years old. Um, I started working with my dad, <laughs> jokingly, probably as soon as I was potty trained, you know, I, <laughs> I started going to work with dad. But yeah, um, I went to, I did well in school. I went to college. I did construction management. Um, Very cool. I did about three years, actually. And, uh, you know, when I got into the program, I thought I would learn a lot about what I didn't know on the job. And I, I thought I would learn, you know, more in-depth in depth uh, in estimating and, and surveying and, and, you know, things like that. Um, but it turned out that it, it seemed, at least in my program, it was a lot about, you know, how a building goes up, yeah. you know, and what goes into that. And I wasn't really that interested in it. And I, and I went there to learn something, you know. Yeah. And I didn't really feel like I was getting the most out of it. So in my third year, my brother and I, we bought a house together. And we did a big renovation on it. So I, I took a semester off. And just in that summer, I, I was supposed to do summer courses. And it, it just didn't feel right. You know, I, I didn't think I was going to get what I wanted out of it. So I, I, um, I chose to, I guess you could say, drop out. You know? Yep. And did you go directly into the family I, business? I did. I did. I always worked. Um, even in college, I, I went into a college that was about 45 minutes away from where I live. But um even on the weekends, you know, I always went home and, and worked, you know, I had Fridays off, so I'd go home, work uh, Friday, Saturday, and I can, you know, stash a little coin for the semester. So I always yep. did that. Um, growing up, you know, I'm the youngest of four boys. Uh, my brother, Josh, he's 30. My brother, Jack's 33. And my brother, Billy, he's the oldest, he's 35. Um, so you can imagine what that household was like growing up, you know, very competitive. <laughs> Everything was a, a competition. Uh, sports were a huge part of us growing up. Um, very involved in all uh, like basketball, football, baseball. My, my father always sponsored teams and stuff. He even coached, which looking back now, I'm like, I don't know how he had time to do all that. Right. You know? And run a business. So the family right. business was always around for all four of you boys as you were growing up. 
Um, it's interesting. You went to college for construction management and then you kind of realized like, I'm sure it was a great program, but you learned so much more on the field. So then tell me about that transition of going from that program to then getting really fully involved in the family business, not just treating it, you know, kind of as the weekend job. Uh, when did that happen? Um, I'd say even before that, you know, even like in middle school, I'd say like my first summers where I really went to work and like, you know, didn't do the half days anymore. I was probably 13 years old and and I'd work, you know, 40, 50 hours weeks um, with my dad. So I was always very involved, you know, all throughout school, um, all throughout college. And it was just like being that our whole family is involved. We don't really get to turn it off and, and we don't mind that we don't turn it off but it was just so part of our childhood um you know going to work and um just you know things of that manner absolutely so now the family business so your dad started it let's talk a little bit about the history of it from what i understand your dad started it with your mom and mm-hmm. he had kind of grown up around his father who owned a small driveway company so tell me about um, the history of them starting this business. I know you you would be able to better tell their story. I want to hear a little more about how they started. Have they told you, like, what were we thinking? Was it hard? Was it easy <laughs> with a family of four boys? <laughs> yeah, we all know it definitely isn't easy. It's still not easy, right? Um, but, yeah, my dad grew up paving with his, with, uh, his father, which is my grandfather. Um, he worked with him um, and his brother until he was actually 28 years old, so. He already had three of my brothers. Um, so when he was 28 years old, you know, he kind of started to have his own vision of, of what he wanted to see his future look like. Um, so with three boys at home and one on the way, which was me, um, he made that tough decision to go out on his own, which I know wasn't easy, not only taking the risk, but, you know, leaving the family business he grew up in. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so that he, he left in about 1993 and that's when we started. Um, and I could say like we, we grew so organically. He, he, he grew very slow, um, you know, didn't take on crazy work at first. You know, he always did a lot of work, but he wasn't the type to like get an investor and, and buy four brand new pieces of, of equipment. Um, he started with a little six wheeler dump truck, a little roller. Uh, he tells the story all the time. Um, his first driver was a little six ton driver, which is really tiny. Um, he picked it out with a pick, <laughs> threw it on the truck, um, dumped it, went to the blacktop plant, you know, dumped little piles, raked it out and got his check. And, and that's how we started, you know, got, wow. got one guy, got two guys. So he really started small. That's so interesting to hear because I, I've seen both dynamics and, you know, mm-hmm. I would say I probably wish we could grow our company 10 times faster. And Trevor is yeah. like a slow and steady wins the race kind of guy. Yeah. So it's really cool to hear that your father, just started with one of each and slowly built that. And it, and it sounds like he's really built a lot of trust in the community right. that I, you're you in. Know, Is I, that right? Yeah. And you say, you make a good point, like starting small, I think it, it gives you that solid foundation. Yeah. You know? And in times like this, like we, like I was a little nervous this season and how busy we do, but um, you know, we kind of grew so, so minimal uh, over a long period of time and it's really developed a, a really strong foundation for times like this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that I love hearing that perspective because I do think too, a lot of people might look at your Instagram, might, might yeah. look at American pavement specialists and be like, wow, they're so successful. You know, look at that fleet, but yeah. it started small and slow and steady. And that's probably how you've been able to sustain 
where you're at right now, I imagine. For sure. I know. I like guys message us on Instagram all the time and say what an inspiration we are. And, you know, that feels good. And they're, they're telling us like what they need. And if they only had this and I'm just thinking to myself, like they've been in business 10 years, like my dad's first 10 years, he didn't have 10 shiny Peterbilt triaxles, like not (laughs) even close, you know? And, And I just wish people would kind of recognize that more. I think they get it, but I don't think it really, you know, processes that like he's been doing this for 27 years for American payment. But even before that, he's probably been paving for, you know, 45 years and he's only 55 years old, you know? So it's really like, this is his life. So that's, I think, an important message for the community to hear. And I love that you're bringing this perspective to the forefront of our conversation that it takes time, you know, the 10 shiny Peterbilts. Cause I even looked at your Instagram and I looked at Trevor. I'm like, we need to clean all our trucks right now. And he's like, Hey, one day we will have a shop. We will have the ability to look like that. He said, but right now we're, we're cash flow is King. We have to take our time. And so I, I love that you're bringing that to spotlight. Tell me what your parents tell you about the dynamic between them. So your mom's at home raising four boys which is, yep. that's a, that's a jungle right there. <laughs> Insane. Insane. And your dad is in the field. I, I understand she and got, got involved in the business, you know, at some point, tell me about their dy- dynamic or the stories of their involvement with each other. Yeah, in the so business. They've set such a good example. My mom was there since day one. And, and you know, you hear it all the time that behind every successful man is a strong woman. And that's exactly what my mom is. Um, you know, she takes on all the stress, um, and still puts a smile on her face and, and allows us to go do what we need to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when we first started, like the, the office was at home, you know, <laughs> you know, and she's raising all the boys and we got the office in the back. And I can just remember, like, you know, we'd be playing or, or roughhousing and, and and she'd be yelling at us. And then the phone would call and she like picks it up. America, hey, how can I help you? Like the flip <laughs> of the switch, you know, and that's not <laughs> that's not easy. Yeah. So um, she kind of supported from the very beginning. And then was your dad sure. in the field full time? Full time. Um, I mean, he when we were younger, you know, that's one thing I wanted to talk about, like um, business owners, they're not always going to be there for their kids. You know, yeah. and, and my dad was always on the job. He worked from sun up to sundown. He'd leave at 530 in the morning. And, you know, before us boys were taking care of the work, um, he was coming home at eight o'clock at night covered yep. in blacktop. Yep. And, you know, I noticed that from a young age and we all did. Um, so I'll love, forever be grateful for that. So he was working hard and, and you bring up another great thing when it comes to family. I, I think, you know, people in construction, construction workers, sometimes we struggle. We have a very intensive schedule. It's sun up to sundown. But mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing from you, it didn't ruin the family dynamic for you guys. You were still close to your dad. You stayed connected. How do you think he did that? Like what what? did your dad and mom do to be so busy to build a business, but to stay connected to their family? Um, you know, we always say business is important, but you have to keep family first to do this successfully. Yeah. I mean, the family business, we spend a lot of time together, right? 80 hours a week, you know, you're together. And even before that, when we all lived at home, like it was working all day, you know, things didn't always go perfect. And then you got to come home and eat dinner together. And, and you're talking about work. Um, but I can give my mom tons of credit for that because growing up, she was not going to allow us to not get along. You know, <laughs> she made sure. And, and my dad always told us, like, your brothers, those keep them close. You know, yep. you're going to grow up, you're going to have friends, but 
your brothers you can trust. Yeah. You know? and, and that was family is number one. That's so awesome that they raised you because I think there's so many businesses out there. There are family businesses like construction is built on family businesses, but you don't hear a lot of good stories on sure. dynamics. So what an awesome thing. So you kind of give your mom credit. She fought for, you know, the family time and keeping you guys connected. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with all this going on, as popular as we get, everyone wants to always, you know, ask about my father, my father, my father. But my mom, she really, you know, she stirred the drink. You know, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. You know, she kept, she was the glue. She kept everything together. Um, even when, like, I talked about you have blowups on the job, you get in arguments. And just having my mom there when she can, you know, someone you could talk to when you got home. She was yeah. there for us in that manner, too. So tell me about their role now. The company has grown, you know, exponentially. And you now have a whole fleet and, you know, almost 20 employees. Uh, what are your parents' role as owners now that you boys are involved in the business. It's significantly bigger. Um, what's their day-to-day look like now? Um, so it depends, you know, if sometimes we're on a big job, like a really big job, we'll have the entire crew out there, one crew yeah. going and, yeah. and my dad will be there too. Uh, like as for today, uh, we got two crews going. Uh, my dad's bouncing around, you know, my brother Jack has the milling crew. My brother Josh runs the paving crew and I run it with him. So on days like this, my dad does a lot of bouncing around. Okay. Um, as far as my mom goes, um, she's in the office. She would like to get out to the field a lot more, but she's, um, you know, it's, it's only her and another girl in the office. She, she's definitely got her plate full. So her day to day is, you know, um, taking care of the bills. Obviously, you, know, you get a huge blacktop bill all the time. So you got to make sure <laughs> the suppliers are paid first. Yeah, um, absolutely. She makes, she makes sure that, um, you know, invoices, payments, proposals, emails, contracts, you know, reading that little fine print in the contract that, you know, if it was up to my dad, he probably wouldn't even read, you know, but uh, <laughs> my mom knows that she needs to read that kind of stuff. And then as well as, you know, just answering the phone. Um, yep. She's done a great job with that. Um, you know, we talk about the shiny red trucks and, and that's a lot of times the first impression that someone gets when we work. But even before that, um, it's that initial phone call and that friendly voice that picks up and and she could say she's an owner and this is, and, you know, my boys are in the field. My husband's out there. And I think that uh, customers love that. Wow. That's so interesting to think about because what we see on Instagram are the shiny fleets and thinking that's the impression. But you, you go back to a very important point for construction companies to keep in mind. The first impression is the phone. <laughs> it's the phone right. call. So 100%. now you, you talked about your dad and your mom's day to day. I want to really hear your day to day life when it. When you say you run the paving crew, what does that look like? What does that, what does that mean? What are the ups and downs of running a paving crew every day? Because uh, we're on a Zoom call right now, and you're sweating. <laughs> it's like he's been out in the field. I can hear the, you know, the machines going in the background. Um, tell me mm -hmm. a day to day in the life of running a paving crew. Yeah, well, you know, I really want to talk about like see we're we're seasonal in Connecticut, you know, um, okay. so. Our summers, we got to make sure we start early and we get done late just because we only work probably nine months out of the year. Okay. Um, so definitely, you know, up at 530 in the morning, we're at the shop by 630. Um, and when we get there, my dad kind of he's he's separating the crews, doing stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of me and my brother's job to make sure, you know, all the trucks are equipped for the job we need. Um, certain tools need to be on certain trucks, things like that. But as far as when we get on the field, um, my brother, Josh, he runs the paving crew, as I said, and 
I'd say probably 70% of the time I'm on the pavement crew with him. And I'm kind of like his number two, you know, I, yep. I make sure everything's going smoothly so he can focus on other things. And a lot of times um, if we have a milling job, I, I'm out around the milling crew and I'm working with my brother, Jack. So I'm time to time, I become a little bit of a utility guy, which okay. I like. You know, I, I get to make my brother's jobs easier. That's um, awesome. I have a CDL class A, so I'm moving equipment time to time. I mean, you know, growing up in a family business, you do whatever it takes. Yep. You know? And it sounds like as the youngest brother, you've been willing to take on that role, which is really exciting to see of you're just supporting kind of, it sounds like everyone, uh, which is a big, a big responsibility in itself. So Matt, let's talk about business and industry outlook. And I think this is a really relevant topic, you know, for the times that we're in right now. What are the biggest challenges as a business that you're facing right now? You know, I would say... Uh, attracting employees isn't the hardest part for us right now uh, because of the, the awesome brand that we've established and, you know, kind of like our company morale. Um, everyone in town knows that we love what we do. And, and a lot of people, if they're in the construction industry, they would like the opportunity to be a part of it. Um, as far as paving goes, you know, they say construction is not for everybody. Paving definitely isn't for everybody. Yeah. Okay, It's, it's hot. Um, it takes a certain type of... Uh, person to, to do this. Um, so I would say training would be really tough for us. Okay. I think it takes about two or three years to train someone in uh, the way we like. Um, we don't really always grab people with experience. You know, as, as long as someone has good character and their ambitions, ambitious, and, and they want to be there, we'll make it work. You know, uh, I think in blacktop, it's very important um, that they start on the bottom because that's the best way to learn. Yeah. Um, now, if you want to run equipment one day, you got to learn how to work on the ground. And it's, it's been important to us that we get uh, young employees because you don't want to hire a 40 year old guy and put him on a shovel. Yeah. You know, so we're looking at anyone from 18 to, you know, 26, 27 years old that um, is willing to work, work their way up the ranks. Yeah. So you really like to start them at the bottom, start them on the ground. I, I do yeah. notice that a very common theme in hiring is you know, the young next gen wants to be in the equipment. And mm -hmm. Ryan, Ryan at Rock Structures talked about this in the excavation business. You're saying the same thing in the black talk business. The groundwork is the best training spot, right? Mm -hmm. So you really like to put them there and teach them. And then you're saying it's about two to three years before they can fully be in the equipment. Yeah. I mean, some, some people who, um, you know, people are quick learners. Um, they catch on real quick, you know, you can train them in, in a year or two, but, um, we like to train people and, and know every aspect of what we do. Like, yeah. I don't train someone in on a shovel, like in, in blacktop, you start on a shovel, you know, yep. and, and as, um, as they start on the shovel, I'm teaching them how to rake too, because if they're shoveling correctly, it's easier on the raker. And if, and it works its way up, you understand? How do you get them, um, you know, to instill pride in that groundwork? Um, what do you do? Because to, to really make them proud, like, hey, this is an important part of what we're what we're doing, grabbing the shovel. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a good point. You know, even though you're on a shovel, that's a very important job. Um, I, I first thing I stress is, as far as paving goes, you know, I, we like to be neat. You know, a job can't always come out perfectly, but it can always be neat. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think we had success in training people because, um, I have three brothers that are on the job. You know, my oldest brother has another company, but he works with us sometimes too. 
and my dad's always on the job. So I don't have a, just another employee training our employees. Like it's either me, one of my brothers yeah. or, or my dad. And, and uh, if the boss is showing you something to do, I, I would hope that uh, <laughs> someone's going to take pride and like really pay attention to the way we want things done. Yeah. That's awesome that you have the family members, even with as successful as you've been, you're still on the ground doing the training, interacting with the staff. And a lot yeah. of questions came up on Instagram of how do you train your people to kind of take on that pride that, that you guys have the pride in the equipment, keeping everything clean. And it sounds like just your involvement and your presence probably instills that yeah, importance. For sure. Like I, I know a lot of people ask about, you know, how do you keep your truck so clean? And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but um, our drivers keep our trucks so clean because we're actually cleaning them ourselves too. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll wash a couple of dump trucks when I get back to the shop. And uh, if, if they see me washing them and, and my brother's helping, they're going to keep their truck clean too. So yeah. you're setting the standard from the top, which is awesome. I, now, re regarding um, business and industry outlook too, what do you see? You know, we've talked about the challenge, which for you isn't attracting people. It's training them and that, that does take time. But what do you see as your biggest growth opportunities um, for the asphalt paving industry in the coming years? Um, I, I love the position we're in right now. You know, people yeah. have really slept on social media and, um, I, you know, I take pride that we're a small company with a big name. You know, you see a lot of people on social media and, and they try to act like their company's bigger than it is. So, you know, they get some credibility or, um, you know, just in general, they want to look bigger. Um, but I take pride that we have 20 employees and we do tons of work and um and our, all of our employees are probably the average age is probably 30 years old so we made wow. sure we had a young crew so you know in the next four or five years we're gonna have a really solid crew i, I mean even this year you know not many people are probably hiring we just hired four new guys because we know this is going to be a busy year and if it's yep. not this year next year is going to be busy and then those guys will be trained in hopefully halfway at that point that's awesome i love that small company with a big name and that is kind of setting you up for success in the future, which is so exciting to see um, for you. So let's pivot a little to equipment and technology. I know the the social media community loves, loves talking yeah. about the iron. So you guys run several different brands of pavers. Is there one that is your favorite among you or your crew? And um, what are the features that set them apart? Right. So um, we run two types of pavers. So as far as like small commercial lots goes um we use lee boy lee boy is a staple in our industry um my i think my dad was probably the first to ever run a lee boy in connecticut um he liked what they brought to the table um so lee boy is like a a, a brand that we love um I've, I've done a little bit of um marketing with them in the past year which is exciting our other paving equipment is from i don't know if you've ever heard of the working group it's a german company they make uh Vogel pavers Palm rollers in the working milling machine. So I'd say probably, you know, 60% of our fleet is from working group. And I can't get over how reliable these machines are. Um, okay. As far as technology, I remember when we first bought our big Vogel paver, which is probably like a paver you'd see on the highway or large parking lots. Um, I remember being intimidated uh, with just with the technology. Um, but um, we've had them for years now. And, and, um, we've really taken liking to them and, and like our, our paver specifically is that thing is bulletproof. Okay. It's absolutely bulletproof. Solid. And, and the technology, so it was intimidating, um, at first, how did you get over that intimidation 
as you're investing in kind of the latest tech um, machines that are reliable? You no, know, it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like once we got to that point where we could start buying these machines that are really technology uh, advanced, um, we are at that right age. You know, it kind of lined up with perfect timing. You know, I think when we got our first um, road paver, I was probably 16 or 17 years old. So all these buttons, they were intimidating, but it didn't really scare me. You know, I knew that I had to learn this. Um, but I know in like in your industry, you know, you talk about like there's dozers that have GPS and you could put in the coordinates or even excavators. They pretty much almost, I don't know, I want to say dig the hole for you. Yeah. Um, but you do have that capability in paving. Um, it's not really there yet. I don't know if it'll ever like a paving machine can like, kind of um, work itself. Yeah. Um, but I could say like just the machines itself getting um, improving. That's because of technology, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so like our skid steers, you know, as simple as a skid steer, they all have cameras on the back now. Yep. You know, that like back in the day, we didn't have cameras. And if you were, you know, milling a road and you're turning around all day, like your neck is killing you at the end of the day. Like we have cameras right here. Um, and I, I even see like our older guys, you know, they don't really trust that backup camera. And our, and our younger uh, core group of guys, they use the backup camera. So kind of things like that, you know. So you've seen it improve the safety, the efficiency, but also the ergonomics um, for your team where they might not have as big of a crick in their neck <laughs> by yeah, the end yeah. of the day. My, my mom likes to say that we come home a lot cleaner now. Okay. Okay. I like that. And I'm sure she appreciates that. Um, yeah, <laughs> with all your clothes not being covered in grease. So now, um, let's talk about marketing because really, you know, as you said, you've built a small company with a big name. You have done an outstanding job, um, and just setting the tone on being progressive and marketing you're known in the area and on social media for your shiny red trucks you know explain to us what your marketing strategy is when that came into play because you you're not only doing a fantastic job of marketing out in the field with with the condition of your fleet and how good it looks but you're doing a great job on social media so talk about not only your strategy but how that came about what kind of motivated you to get onto social media? How has that paid off for you? So even when my dad started before we had, you know, 10 Peterbilt trucks, he had a couple trucks and he always made it a point to keep them clean. Yeah. Um, he felt that if, if, you know, the equipment rolled up to the job and, and the equipment looked new because it was clean and the trucks looked clean, like what would an inspector think? They're going to think they're going to get a good job. Right. Yep. Um, so that's always been part of our thing, even before social media. Um, it, it helps that we have uh, very shiny red trucks because those are like neck breakers. Um, <laughs> so I think the attention was always there. And then once we had social media, that was like fuel to the fire. You yep. know, people like even growing up, our friends would always say like, oh, I shot your truck. I saw you. I saw, I saw your truck. And now I'm getting a, a tag on Instagram on my truck on the road. So yep. that's kind of the difference now. And now I'm able to you know, push that, what we do on a global scale. And wow. it's, it's really caught in some heat. And, uh, uh, that's what, I, what I'm passionate about is just pushing this brand. Yep. And pushing it out in the forefront and you've done such a great job. So tell me what your motivation was there. Like, how did that start for you? It sounds like your dad has done just a great job at having a really good presence out in the field. How did this start getting you on online? Clearly you had a strategy or, or a motivation to do something with social media, um, talk to us about why you got started and really what you do on social media to promote your business, just to help other business owners out there. 
right? So it, it helps that we have a like a well-oiled machine. You know, my guys all know what they're doing. Um, we have an extreme amount of chemistry amongst our crew, and and we've always took good care of our equipment. And you know, I remember being on the job at 12, 13 years old, and and looking at the reaction of people and the customers and then inspectors, and they're always in awe, like, wow, like check this out, like look how clean those trucks are. Look how efficient they work, you know? So I knew I had to start sharing it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like where um, I had to make content up. It's more just pulling out that camera and recording it. Yeah. And you've done a great job because I mean, you, you're daily just updating with video. Are you doing that on your iPhone? Your videos look so good. Yeah. So a lot of the, like the simple videos, you know, I don't do those, those videos with all the music. Um, I don't do those with my iPhone. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I try and get, you know, a good way of putting it is I know what people want in, in the, within the paving industry because I grew up within the industry. Yeah. So I know what is, um, impressive to people if, if you could put it that way. Yep. And so you just um, simply shoot that and, and share it because you, right. you understand what the industry is looking for. Right. Well, and you've done a I, great job. Thank you. Thank you. And, and as uh, we progressed on social media, you know, I found a kid and, in uh in our local city uh his name is shane and he's a great videographer he does all kinds of work and i knew he's never been on construction i was like you know i'd really like to have a professional camera out there and i think we can make this really fun you know i could put some cool music to it uh, we've even took him like you know i i got one video and it, it's a sound bit from gary vaynerchuk i don't know if you know who that is yeah he's i love him guy. Love so, you know, he's talking about growing up and, and, and like working your tail off as a kid. And I had that audio like over um, our job and, and, you know, he puts cool effects on the equipment. And I, I just knew that would catch fire. Yeah. And so have you found that investment in photography and videography pay off for you? Because I know I, I, I've personally taken a little heat for that, you know, having having our own photographer and videographer. And, and I kind of see a long term goal there. But Sorry. You can only do so much with selfies, right? You know, so have you seen kind of the videography, hiring a videographer and photographer pay off for you guys in the long term? As far as the videography goes, um, you know, it's something we like to do and, and it might not be for everybody, you know, yeah. just because you share cool videos doesn't mean that you need cool videos too. Obviously that would help, but I know from a manufacturer standpoint, like as far as like say Lee Boy goes, you run a lot of their equipment or working group. When they see their equipment being ran in the field at, in a way that we run them, that's really attractive to them. And I think it's improved our customer service yep. through like the dealerships, you know, and, and as, as we've gained attraction with followers, um, you know, they've noticed that these guys have, you know, up towards the 16,000 followers all within the industry, all construction guys, all paving guys. So I would expect um, top notch service from them. Yeah. You know, you almost want to be a poster child for these manufacturers. Yep. And so it's really paid off for you on that front. What advice would you give other construction companies when it comes to social media? You know, I always say like authenticity is my thing. So, you know, don't go and, and if, if you're not into the shiny trucks, don't go drive, buy a new trucks and, and try and keep them clean if, if that's really not what you're into. Um, as far as tips goes, you know, um, you got to post for the purpose. You know, I like what Turner mining group, like he's big on his employee development. Um, yeah. so he pushes that a lot. Um, there's other companies that are big on safety. So they push that a lot. You know, I've been in the, um, mind state that like, whatever I do, I'm going to just push brand. 
brand is going to be my thing. We're going to be, I like to show ourselves as being the, the premier paving company in, in the whole country. And yeah, like going back, like we don't have to be the biggest anymore with social media. You could show that you're the best. Awesome. Yeah. I love that post with a purpose. I think that's just fantastic advice for construction companies to walk away with. That that's that's easy. That's tangible. If if you want to get started on social media or build a good presence, post with a purpose and let it roll out from there. That's that's great. And for um, example, like you you do like a lot with the women and, and that's your thing. And I think I've taken a lot of tips from you. I like I refer to you, you're the engagement queen. You know, you can, <laughs> I think to gain a, a big following, engagement is important, especially the way the algorithm sh- um, set up now. Like if, if people are always replying to your stories or watching your stories or yes. you know, liking your posts, you're going to come up a lot more. And by engaging with your um, audience through your story like you do, um, that gains it, a lot of traction quick. It, it really is so important. Um you know, and for me, what started with engagement, you know, on social media was I genuinely felt like if this person took the time to comment on this photo, you know, they deserve to hear back from me, like, thanks for what you said, you know, that's awesome. And then a year later, I learned that it actually supports the algorithm with Instagram, that Instagram rewards you for free, and boost your content for free. Mm -hmm if you're engaged with your audience. And I love that they're awarding, you know, those of us that really care to take the time to connect with the community out there for free. For sure. A hundred percent. I agree. And, you know, back when we started Instagram, just specifically on Instagram, you know, the hashtag thing used to work. You could just load up your caption with hashtags and uh, it would pop up on the explore page and you'd gain some traction from that. But I think if you've seen, other people like, like for example, Aaron Witt from BuildWit, yeah. you know, and her and her mining group, they post a caption that's really long. And, and, and so do you, you kind of like pour your heart out a little bit and, and that gets people commenting. Yeah. And, and really asking them to engage, you know, let's, right. let's have some meaningful conversations, you know, within the construction community. And for me, what I found, you know, naturally I'm a talkative person, which is probably why I'm here. <laughs> hosting the podcast, but I -hmm. wanted to have the conversations. I thought I get to talk to this, you know, excavator on the other side of the country. That's not a competitor and he's willing to give me advice and, and I'm I'm able to ask questions like, and he's able to ask us questions. Like why wouldn't we engage with each other? And and you've done a great job with that as well. It's like, it's so worth the time. Don't, don't you, haven't you found some really meaningful conversations come up through just engaging on social? So through social media, we actually did an awesome event at um, Con Expo. Um, we did um, a thing with Lee Boy Equipment where we hosted um, a paver meetup. Um, I knew I wanted to get people together. Um, so I knew Lee Boy would maybe be on board. So I met the marketing lady um, and I said, you know what, like, let's get some maybe some T-shirts or hats made. So we ended up getting some hats made. Um, we put our logo on the front and put their Lee Boy logo on the side with their permission and we had about like 200 people show up to their booth. You know, people wow. from all over the industry, not only pavers, random people showed up that knew our Instagram. And, and not only is that a good look for the manufacturers, but um, just to bring some u- unity within the industry. Construction is very competitive yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. But if we can kind of come together and, and that doesn't mean that you come together by, you know, biting someone's style. It's just like you could support someone. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're bringing up the point of unity is everything and that social media can bond and bring us together. Congratulations on that successful event. I'm a little bummed I wasn't invited, but maybe next time, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You will definitely be invited next time. Oh, I love that that was successful for you guys. Now, one more marketing question. And I, and I know we've spent a little more time here with marketing, but you've just done such a great job. And I, I know the community wants to hear more from you. Talk about the t-shirt company Raised on Blacktop. I've been so excited look, checking my mailbox every day because you sent me a Raised on Blacktop t-shirt. Tell me about yeah. that company that you started and why you started that. Right. So, um, you know, growing up, I've always like, I wouldn't call on like, I'm totally into fashion, but you know, I always appreciated a cool t-shirt. Um, so I, I noticed on Instagram, like a lot of people were asking, you know, do you guys have an online store? Do you guys have an online store? And um, I wasn't totally going to go up and, and just start trying to sell our American payment gear. Um, so I was like, you know, what, what can I do that is, is a little different and that hasn't been done before? And on social media, I met so many people like myself who grown up in a family business or just grew up laying blacktop working for a company. And, um, you know, I wanted someone, something that can unite everybody and, and just raised on blacktop. I don't think there's a more honest brand out there. Like it's so authentic, you know, obviously it, it, it's not for everyone if, if you didn't grow up on blacktop, but even like the NASCAR thing, like, the, the driver we sponsored, Spencer Boyd, he grew up on blacktop too, you know, being a NASCAR driver or, or playing yeah. basketball, you know, it could be anything like that. Um, so I just wanted every, something that everybody could connect to. That's awesome. Yeah. And tell us about that sponsorship too. So the Raised on Blacktop really connects with so many different people. I didn't even think about that. Like, hey, if you grew up on the blacktop playing basketball, you know, yeah. being, you know, driving cars, demo cars, any of that, this, this brand is for you. And I love that your purpose in the brand was unity but tell us now how the nascar driver um sponsoring him came about because again that's just another unique way that you guys are marketing another thing that came through instagram i I mean i just randomly one day i saw a verified count started following us and i was like who's this guy you know uh, i'm into nascar but not so much that i would know every driver um so the kid spencer boyd started following us i thought maybe he was a local kid um turned out he's from missouri um but he just started following us and I reached out to him and he just complimented on our our trucks and our equipment. He must've saw them on the explore page or something. Um, So I had a little dialogue with him. And then when I started the raised on blacktop brand, um, I had some cool hoodies made and I asked him, I said, you know, could I send you some hoodies? Um, So I sent him a hoodie and to my surprise, you know, I wasn't sure if he was going to wear it or not. I had no clue. Um, But he started wearing it a ton and, you know, we developed a relationship with that. Um, so fast forward, I maybe say three months down the road and I get a message from Spencer and I'm sitting with my dad, one of our equipment salesmen and a couple of my brothers. And he was telling us how he was starting on a new race team and he was looking for some sponsors. And I was like, wow, like look at this opportunity right here. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you asked me five years ago, um, you'd be sponsoring a NASCAR driver. I wouldn't have said you're crazy, but I would have been surprised, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a little expensive, obviously. Um, but with everything that we're doing, like pushing our brand and, um, we definitely maybe would like to franchise one day cause, um, of how good of a presence we have. Yeah. Um, so it just made sense. Um, so we were actually supposed to sponsor the Daytona race, um, but we missed that by like a half a day. He picked up another sponsor. Oh, uh, so the next the next race was in uh, Las Vegas. 
uh, which is a little bit of a hike for us being in Connecticut. Um, but we knew with Con Expo, I think Con Expo was two weeks after the race. So we were like, you know, there's a lot of viewership in Vegas. Um, um, why not? You know, yeah. this, these opportunities don't come about to everybody. Yep. So why not take advantage Let's of Let's do it. it. Well, that sounds like it was just an awesome, exciting opportunity for you. And it paid off. I, I feel like a lot of buzz was created on social media that, you know, a pavement company was sponsoring a NASCAR driver. So job well done on that one as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know what? When I saw that truck on the track, like, obviously it was our name on the truck, but I feel like it represented the entire industry. Just, you know, to to make an example out of like a kid my age, um, seeing a paving company sponsor a NASCAR track, a yeah. truck. Why couldn't he do that? Yeah. You know? You're setting the standard, which is so cool. So let's talk a little bit about business, you know, management. Um, the construction industry is built on a lot of family run businesses like ours. And I know we already talked about this a little bit. What advantages have you seen working in a family business and how has that set you apart from your competitors? Well, I could say it's definitely not easy, uh, but it, it will always be worth it. I know that we're able to maintain uh, the highest level of quality because um, the way we set our crews up, we try and have multiple family members on every job. Um, not only does it ensure quality, but for the person we're working for, um, they know I'm the boss's son and they know I, they can ask me a question. And if I don't know the answer, I usually do, but I can get that answer quick. They don't have to you know, email us or, or call us or try and get a hold of my dad all the time. Like we're yeah. there. Um, so I think that makes people uh, very comfortable with working with us. And yep. also, just to go back, like it, it's a lot, um, I'd say easier to train people when, you know, um, when my dad's on the job or we're on the job, like the, the top employees are there and, and we're all pulling in the same direction. Absolutely. So it sounds like the advantage really is, you know, owners and family members are always on site, always in the office. And that has been a huge, you know, advantage for you guys, which is just awesome. I, I love seeing a second generation out doing the work, out doing, you know, sweating, running the equipment, running the trucks, cleaning the trucks. Um, you guys are setting such a great example on what passing on a business to the second generation looks like. Um, now talk about that though, the succession planning and what advice would you give to others looking to pass down their business to the next generation? Um, um, was that I don't easy? know how much, yeah, definitely not easy. I don't know how much I can advice I can give for people passing it on to the next generation, but I know for, you know, the, the kids in the business, um, you know, as you grow up, you're gonna, you know, you're 15, 16, 17 years old and, and your friends in the summers, they're, they're partying or, um, and you're stuck on the job. Um, just know that that, um, you know, putting in that hard work, that's going to pay off yeah. in the long run. You're going to be so far ahead of the game. You don't want to be that kid that just gets involved in the family business at, you know, in his late twenties, cause it's going to be hard to earn the respect of the other employees. Yeah. Um, I, not only do I want to make paving cool again, I want to make working with your family cool again, you know, growing up even in, in school, um, or, or, um, you know, your friend's parents or even your friends that I always ask, like, you know, do you plan on working for your father the rest of your life or, or you're the youngest brother? Like, you're going to be working for your brothers. You're never going to take over the company. Like, it doesn't need to be about that. You know, we're going to make a company one day that is going to take all five of us to run. You yeah. know, um, and I, if I could do anything just to encourage people to, you know, stick through it. Well, I just think that's an amazing mission. 
to want to make working with your family cool again within construction? Because I think there's been a breakdown of that in the last 10 to 15 years. There's a gap. You don't see as many families working together and that you want to shine a spotlight on that is such an awesome mission. And I'm very grateful that you're doing that. Um, And just, hey, saying don't just start when you're in your 20s. Start when you're young you know, make the sacrifice, be out in the field and it will pay off for you. So thank you for sharing that and wanting that to be cool again. Cause I would love, <laughs> I would love to see that we don't come from that family dynamic. We have multiple brothers in the same industry that feel passionate about doing things separately. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and Trevor and I have always wished, why can't we do this together? Why can't we work together? So I'm grateful that you're going to start setting that tone again. Now, one last thing I really wanted to ask you is the most important thing that you've learned working alongside your parents, because they just sound like just awesome leaders of the family and the business. Um, What have you learned the most from your dad? What have you learned the most from your mom? Um, Just to start with my dad, you know, um, people, everybody wants to be a boss. Um, but my dad is the perfect example of, he's a true leader. Um, you know, like you ever see that old painting of, of George Washington in the boat. I think he's going across the Delaware river and, and everyone's rowing in the back and he's pointing forward, you know, like that is us in a nutshell. Um, you know, and he's just taught us how to lead and how to treat people with respect yeah. Um, whether it's the, the kid on the on the broom or, or your top employee. Um, I mean, you can even go as far as, you know, having inspectors on the job. Sometimes it's a 20 year old kid now. And I, I see how my dad um, treats people and he treats that kid with the same respect that he would treat someone who's been in the industry for 50 years. That's uh, awesome. Because that's how you improve relationships and really how you build trust. That's awesome. So those are the lessons you learned from your dad. What about from your mom, you know, who's really, it sounds like behind the scenes, what's the most important thing that you've learned from your mom? Um, well, I've learned how hard it is to do what she does. Um, it's definitely not easy. You know, that all the, like the invoices, the annual registrations, the, um, insurance performance bonds, things that maybe you missy take care of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've known, I've realized like how important that is, you know, yeah how um, having a, a strong individual in the office like that can really catapult your business and, and allows not only my brothers, but my dad to, you know, keep their focus on a hundred percent field. Well, I'm excited yeah. to see you carry on uh, your mom and dad's legacies alongside your brother. I think it's just amazing what you guys are doing. So let's end it with a quick rapid fire round. This is just meant to be fun uh, for your audience to get to know a little bit more about you. So let's talk about your first job. What was your first job? It sounds like it probably is going to be paving, but maybe you had a lemonade stand. I don't know. Tell me your first job. I definitely did lemonade stands. I hope every kid um, (laughs) wants to do lemonade stands. Um, But definitely laying blacktop was the first job I ever had. Just like I started on a broom, you know, just cleaning up the job, cleaning the tools, keeping the tools all together. Love Um, it. I literally started from the bottom. Okay. Now, what about what was your first car? Oh, my, my baby. I had a 2004 F-150. Um, I turned 16 and I think my father owned, uh, uh, owed maybe like $8,000 on the payments and I saved my money up. Uh, my mom always told me at a young age, it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. Yeah. So I saved my money and I bought that truck off him and uh, that was it. my baby. Awesome. And if you weren't doing this, which is hard to imagine, what would you be doing? 
Um, you know, I've always obviously been in, in, interested in the marketing and the branding. I would love to do that maybe for like a manufacturer, like a Lee boy or a working group. But um, if you ask me that question now, maybe go full time with Raised on Blacktop. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. What song gets you pumped up in the morning when you're headed out to run the crew and support everyone in the field? <laughs> I am definitely that type that needs music in the morning. Me too. Um, but I, I love some Drake. I like Drake. Yeah. I like uh, uh, that song nonstop. You know? Yep. That's a good one. Don't ever stop. That's Don't my, ever that's stop. My jam in the morning. Trevor loves that one too. That's a good one. Now, if, who is one person you wish you could have dinner with? Um. You know, when you ask that question, I automatically think of family members. Um, my grandfather, who who did so much for us, um, he passed away a couple of days before that NASCAR race. And I just wish I could sit down with him one more time and just you know, tell him how, how appreciative we are for what he's done, even though he didn't, you know, start our company. None of this is possible without him. But uh, I'd also awesome. say, uh, just on a lighter note, uh, Gary Vanchuk. Right. Me too. <laughs> I, I would love to sit down with him and just pick his mind. I feel like, you know, we had a similar childhood and, and I grew up working and, you know, he talks about things like that all the time and his words, uh, they just stick to me. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is just so awesome. Why don't we just show up at his offices and camp out and just <laughs> Let's wait? Do it. <laughs> um, now, what is your favorite piece of equipment and why? Well, we have tons of equipment. I, I like running all of them, but I would say our Vogel at Paver, just the technology that it has is that's one machine that, you know, a, a lot of people have advanced equipment, but they might not use every feature. But I feel like over like three, four years, me and my brother, Josh, have really dug deep in that machine and, and we get so much um, work out of it. And, and it's so dependable. The thing is, it's bulletproof. It's solid. So that's your favorite. And then what was your favorite part of Con Expo, Con Ag 2020? Uh, you know what? I'd say just like the, the family aspect of it, that like a lot of people are out there with their family members, um, getting to do a little bit of a boys trip. Um, but my highlight of the trip was probably doing that um, collab we did with Lee Boy. Yeah, uh, that was the first time we did like a real official collab. And it kind of felt like some hard work being paid off. Yeah, that sounds like the marketing and the effort that went behind the scenes was such a huge success for you. So congratulations. Just next time, invite me. I'm coming. Definitely. <laughs> well, Matt, I can't thank you enough for sharing your time. I know you're out on the field right now, so I don't want to keep you any longer. But thank you so much for just promoting such a positive message, um, not just in the field, but in marketing and family. I just I love so much of what you said, and I know the audience is going to have a lot of great takeaways. So thank you again for taking the time to do this with us. Thank you. And I just want to thank you specifically, Missy, for what you do um, for women in the industry. You know, it doesn't have to be all about the men all the time. Um, it's just all of that. And then uh, thank you to Con Expo for the show that they put on uh, for actually holding the show. Right. You know, we really made it out of there just in time. And I thought they did a good job with everything. They, they did an awesome job. And thank you. I, I got to break up all you dirt and paving dudes with with some ladies out there. So I, I hope you're grateful for <laughs> for the demographic change up. <laughs> I'm ready for a woman, a woman truck driver. We want a woman truck driver. Let's go. Let's go. Um, well, thank you again, Matt. Have an awesome day. Thank you. You too, yep. Missy. Bye. It was so great talking to Matt today. And as a reminder for our listeners, the leading trade show and conference for the asphalt industry is coming up next year. Save the date for World of Asphalt, March 9th through 11th in Atlanta. For more information, visit worldofasphalt.com and we hope to see you there. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Con Expo Con Ag Radio. 
If you like the show and think other people should listen too, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com forward slash connect for even more ways to connect with the industry.